0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to the show. This is the Millennial Millionaire Podcast and I am your host, Stephen Cohen. This podcast is focused on bringing some of the wisest minds from across the globe to discuss concepts, strategies, and ideals that have led them to be top performers in their respective industries and their lives. This show is for the millennials and millennials at heart to transcend their mindset, their health, and their income to the next level. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us. Welcome to the show. Yo, 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 welcome back to the show, Millennial Millionaires. Today, I am super stoked to have one of my business partners, good friends, and someone I look up to a lot, Mr. Daniel Hottabus on the show. Daniel's an absolute superstar in the solar industry. He's only been doing solar for a little over two and a half years, but has already cracked the top 1% echelon of the industry. Hit 178 installs last year, an amazing father to his pets, an amazing husband to his lovely wife, and just an amazing individual to everyone that he comes in contact with. So super stoked to have you on the show, Daniel. Thanks so much, man.
1: Thanks, man. That's an awesome intro.
0: Yeah, bro. You're used to it.
1: Yeah.
0: Daniel, tell us a little bit about your background. What got you into solar sales entrepreneurship and what you're currently doing right now?
1: Um, I'll try to keep it as short as I can on that. But uh, it's funny as, as we talk about, you know, the success that, that we're seeing now. And I go, man, I was like knocking doors selling stuff since I was six, seven eight, trying to let my neighbors, you know, let me rake their yard, mow their yard, stuff like that. But, uh, I've always been entrepreneurial and I worked in the restaurant industry for a long time and it was a good transition from graduating college, getting my degree and working, doing something where I could apply some of that stuff. And, uh, I just learned real quick that if I, if I really wanted to accomplish big success in life, it wouldn't be, um, being paid a salary. But uh, all my friends worked in the restaurant, so that's what I did. And um, I was pretty unhappy doing that for, for quite a few years. And I wanted to make a way where I could just have more time, have more money, have more flexibility, have more freedom. Um, and so I, I was very attracted to network marketing and the lifestyle that came along with that. And so one of my best friends, um, you know, he had a conversation with me. And I was like, dude, I want to meet people like that. Like, that sounds like awesome. That's what I'm looking for talked a lot about personal development and growth. And, and I knew I needed that to kind of get myself out of the, the stage of life where I was at. And so I did that very consistently for, you know, three and a half or four years. And, um, when the pandemic started, I was you know working a 40 hour a week job doing purchasing and I was building that business nights and weekends on the side. And, uh, once I didn't have a job to go to every day, I was like, well, okay, let me see what else is out there. I had this, you know, feeling for a while, like, I need to get into sales, I need to do something where I can make some more money, and I had a couple friends already in the solar space, and I found out, you know, three of these guys were working together, and I, I admired all three of them, and I'm like, all right, well, I keep hearing about solar, it keeps coming up on my radar, I've been wanting to get into sales, you know, let me go check this thing out, so that was kind of where I was at prior to solar, and, you know, why I was looking to do something different, and, um, You know, I I didn't really have any like fear around the door to door thing. I was like, all right, I'm getting paid this government money for being unemployed, which I had no control over. So this is kind of the perfect time for me to make that leap. I had never done a a full commission type job. And, you know, after about a week, I, I was just like, dude, this is awesome. I love it.
0: Yeah, man. And you've been an absolute rocket ship since joining the industry. It's pretty crazy because, you know, I have a similar background as you. And I think that's where we connected a lot when you first joined with network marketing. And, you know, for me, that was really my introduction, the gateway to entrepreneurship. And the more people I meet, whether it's in our industry, which is solar, direct sales, really any e-commerce, even a lot of these super successful younger people, a lot of them have network marketing as their introduction into that what do you think it is about that industry that is able to mold and create so many winners? Maybe not in that industry specifically, but then they go out and do bigger and better things after leaving.
1: I mean, I think there's a couple aspects. I think one that typically if you're going to do network marketing, there's like a pretty good mentorship and coaching relationship or platform. So I think that's really helpful to be surrounded by other people with a, with a similar vision and goals and they're like-minded and then they can say hey you know here's how i got here here's what i did so i think that that's one aspect that's really powerful the other thing is like again with with really any business like we're talking about it's it's generally built on attraction mm. and so people that do network marketing they're pretty awesome people right because the goal is like you you have an awesome lifestyle you're a great person people love your energy they're attracted to that they want to do what you're doing you know whatever product or you know service it is you know in the network marketing space so they're very personally developed. And so that's usually the culture of that organization. It's like, you know, we read, we listen to podcasts, we go to seminars, we do this stuff to grow ourselves, because as we grow, we can grow our team and our business.
0: No, absolutely, man. And I feel like for me, communication was something that I always struggled with growing up. And the older I got, the more valuable I realized that You don't necessarily need to be the super book smart dude who knows how to do, you know, long division in your head or knows how to write an awesome essay from high school or college, but your ability to communicate with other people and just be likable and be able to relate with other people, whether it's in the profession of sales, which is what we do, but just going through day to day life. How do you feel like your communication skills have been able to serve you as you've progressed in your career?
1: Tremendously. Um, So I was pretty introverted growing up, or I mean, I still am like I recharge by being by myself, not talking to anybody hanging out at home with, you know, Janessa and the dogs. But, uh, you know, I had to get out of my shell when I started working in a restaurant and it was baby steps, right? I started as a food runner. All I'd have to do is drop food off to the table and be like, here's your chicken sandwich and your French fries and whatever. And as I progressed in the restaurant industry, I became a server. So then it's kind of like you're on stage at a table and you're guiding that experience then I became a manager. And now it's like, I'm dealing with the worst of the worst situations. So it's like, I got to have, you know, prob like think on my feet quick problem solving skills, empathy, understanding, understanding what actually happened. Um, so I think I had a pretty good foundation, you know, because of that. Then with network marketing, it's like, you basically I was cold contacting people face to face every day for like three years. And so I needed to be able to like Quickly connect with them of like okay why should I listen to this guy why does whatever he has to say how does it affect me why does it matter to me so that was another like great little platform to develop communication skills and uh, I actually drove Uber for like two years as well and that was like a practice ground for me I have someone in my car for five, 10 minutes you know how can I add value to them or learn you know Vegas is a great pay- place to do that it's like you get paid to learn how to connect with people you don't get paid very much but it's still it's a, it's a fun way to uh, to learn some of those skills so. I think communication, I think you nailed it, dude. It's like your, your your level of success and income is probably heavily correlated to how well you can effectively communicate with other people.
0: Totally. Do you think you were, I'm curious, do you think you were conscious when doing Uber and being a waiter, like conscious of the fact like, hey, I'm sharpening my communication skills, I'm sharpening my people skills, my empathy, my ability to connect because I know that's going to take me on to bigger and better things as I evolve or was it something that just, kind of happened by accident?
1: So I would say restaurant industry, not a chance, not not a clue. You know, I, I didn't really know personal development. Um, I'm naturally an action-oriented person. So if I knew that, then I probably would have overthought it. And I was just like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to get out of my shell and do these things. With Uber, that's after I had started, you know, doing network marketing. And so I was super intentional then. of like, okay, let me have a conversation with this person. Get them to divulge a bunch of personal stuff. And then before they get out, I remember for a while I did this you know, when someone was, we were about done with the trip, I'd be like, Hey, um, I'm actually working on something personally. Can I just do a quick recap with you of everything we talked about? Mm. Like 90% of the times people will be like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like, okay. So let me see if I got this right. You're from Milwaukee. You're in Vegas for this conference. Uh, it's your daughter's 18th birthday next weekend. You guys are coming back and I just go through all this stuff and be like, yeah, cool. Like, thanks for sharing your story. And people would be usually pretty impressed that I remembered. and I, I listened well enough. So yes, with, with that job for sure. I was, I was more intentional about it because I knew, okay, if I'm putting in 40 hours a week, driving Uber, what can I do over here to leverage this time so that I'm, when I'm building my business nights and weekends that I'm, I'm, I'm accelerating my growth a little bit faster. Totally. And that's a little
0: sales nug for you guys out there watching and listening, being able to remember people's names, important Pieces of information in their life and being able to repeat it to them, it's going to build that rapport, which, you know, I think, you know, knowing you for the last two and a half years, Daniel, your ability to connect and convey and just being able to articulate the way that whether it's just a solar sail or just getting your point across is, is extraordinary. Obviously that's something that you worked on through network marketing, through Uber, through, you know, your, your restaurant journey, whether or not you're a consciousness of it or not. But when did you really get to the point where you're like, man, I'm a pretty freaking good communicator. Now I'm going to want to implement this into generating more income for myself.
1: Um, I I don't really know. I mean, I I think when I started with solar, it was, it was pretty apparent, like, okay, I got about five seconds to, to make an impression on this person or else they're going to slam the door on me. So that's when I was like, okay, um, I've got to get better. I've got to, you know, figure out ways to, you know, break this person's preoccupation, everyone's doing something before I come knock on their door and get them to actually listen to me. So um, I, I don't really know if I'm answering your question really that well. But, you know, I think something that I do well, and it's served me well, is I just try to be very real with people, you know, from my tone to my body language to the message I'm delivering. And I think, you know, if, if you can get someone to listen to you for a handful of seconds, they can feel that energy that like, wow, this is a genuine person, He's not like everyone else who's came to my door or try to sell me something. And, you know, I would say a good majority of people resonate with that. Now, at the same time, I kind of shoot myself in the foot because I'm like, dude, if someone doesn't like me or doesn't talk to me, I can get like a little abrasive with them. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, all right, you're not my person. Uh, You know, I'm out. I'm on to the next.
0: Yeah. And I think that goes back to understanding your worth and respecting your time and being truly comfortable, you know, with yourself. I remember when I first started in door to door, one of my mentors told me, you know, Stephen, the best door-to-door people is they're not the best actors. They're not the best at acting on the doors They're just the best at being themselves and it took me a while a while to really kind of rip the onion back of that concept of to be a really good communicator in my opinion is just to be so comfortable and so confident in yourself and your self-worth and your own ability of just knowing that you can count on yourself to make 100%. good decisions and follow through and then you're gonna naturally translate that confidence and that certainty to other people. Because if you can't trust yourself and your own decision-making ability, and if you don't follow through in the things that you're going to say, whatever you try and influence other people, they're going to pick up on that and they're not going to be confident in you because you're not confident in you. 100%. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel it sometimes on the doors where people are like, they're like looking into me, you know, and I, and I feel like, okay, they're waiting for me to have like a weird twitch or like look away or something. And that's how they're kind of vetting me out to see if they're going to listen to the message I have to share with them.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Daniel, let's talk about your transition
0: into solar a little bit because it was similar to mine, but I think there's a lot of value in it. You know, for those of you guys that don't know my story, I did network marketing as well for three years, made no money, but I was working on myself. I was learning entrepreneurship. I was developing communication skills. I started changing my paradigms and started reading books and started to change my perspective on the way that I looked at life, money, and success But for three years, I made no money until I decided to leave behind something that I had a very strong emotional tie to because I thought that's what I would be, that was the vehicle that I thought I was going to create success in, in order to start something else where unbeknownst to me at the time, actually was the vehicle that I accomplished and manifested everything that I originally wanted. I know for you is a pretty similar where you were kind of one foot in one foot out for solar for a little bit. What was it that really made you make that decision to go all in on solar and leave your old business kind of on the back burner? And what did you learn from that experience?
1: Um, I mean, the way I look at it now is like, it was just it was necessity. If I was going to accomplish what I wanted to, Goals I had set out, I was going to have to go all in on one thing. And I pretty much had gone all in with network marketing like you did for about three and a half years. And it's a, it's a slow grow over there. And I'm sure I'd be successful if that's what I decided to do. Um, But I didn't want to be mediocre at both. And so I go, okay, I want to achieve, I want to feel like I'm accomplishing things. But I mean, logistically, what it was, was, I went from just knocking doors and setting appointments where I could determine my own schedule work as much as or as little as I wanted to. I could still plug into events and, and do the actions required to build the, the network marketing business outside of my, my solar time. So once I started closing deals in solar, now it's where I wasn't in full control of my schedule anymore because I'd need to go back to the home to do a presentation, nights, weekends, you know, and now I'm working around their time. So once I did that and um, I started closing deals and I realized all the extra work with the, the back end, the post work, all that, I'm like, okay, I don't want to suck at this. I don't want to take these people's time and energy and money that they're spending to go solar and drop the ball somewhere. So I have to give this my full attention. And um, I'm grateful I did because I mean, at least financially, like it's really paid off and you know, life's transformed quite a bit.
0: No, man. And I think it's important for people to understand because I don't know if you felt this way, maybe a little, maybe your transition was a little bit different, but I felt like I was giving up on a dream, Mm -hmm. um, you know, at our old venture in order to try something new. And I feel like for a lot of people, they're out there, they're working hard, they're reading all the books, they're focused on their craft and they're so stubborn in their approach of what they feel like is going to accomplish X, Y, and Z, their goals, their desires, their dreams. But because they're so narrow-minded in that one avenue, you potentially could miss out on other opportunities that may get you to that destination a little bit quicker. And I think it's a tough line because you you don't want to give up. You know, a lot of the stuff out there, a lot of the content is, hey, you want to be, you know, narrow-minded and tunnel vision and, you know, focus on one thing, which I 100% agree with. But at the same time, there is a point where you have to realize where sometimes you have to cut your losses and potentially there may be another way to get to that destination faster.
1: Yeah, 100%. And like internally, emotionally, like I struggle with that, you know, because the network marketing business is the same mentality. It's like, yo, you need to be all in. You need to be doing all these things because that's what it's going to take. And so I remember struggling like, dang, you know, I put, you know, three, four years into this. I've got, you know, dozens of people that invested a ton of time in me you know, for free, essentially, you know, because they're just hoping your business pops off. Um, and, you know, genuinely, they're, they're great people. And they want to see success for, for their downline. Um, but yeah, I struggled with that. And I felt like, you know, I'm not a quitter. And like, if I stop doing this business, I'm quitting on, you know, this dream or, or these people or this, you know, whatever. And so I struggle with that, like, I'm not a quitter. But I think the perspective now is just like, okay, everything I did and everything I learned over there, it was still for my benefit. And I, I, if I, I leverage it that way, it's like, okay, that was a seasoning period for me. And if those people were genuine, genuinely helping me, you know, whether it's for a a reason or a season or for, you know, it was going to build that business forever. If, if their intentions are pure and genuine, they should be super happy for me and and what I'm accomplishing now. So yeah, it's just a little bit of shift of perspective. Um, You know, I heard a quote that said, once that says, be firm in your vision, be flexible in your approach.
0: Mm. 100% man dropping bars. Let's talk about solar for a little bit. 178 installs last year. Insane. Personally, I've been doing solar for almost eight years. I've never have known someone personally that's hit that many installs. Sure. You have, you know, your people out there with two, three, 400 installs. Is it legit? Maybe, maybe not. Right. But I know for a fact how much you grind and your work ethic and your efficiency and just how well you operate this business. What does it take to be a top performer in the solar industry?
1: I mean, I think it kind of goes back to some things we were just discussing. It's just like, you got to be all in, man. Um, I wake up thinking about it. I go to sleep thinking about it. It's what I do. It occupies 90% of my mental capacity six days a week. Mm. And sometimes it's hard to turn it off. But I mean, if you go study any of the greats out there, it's like, they had a dream, a goal, a vision, and that's, that's really all they did. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I did some trainings on this recently and people are like, all right, well, you know, how are you able to maintain this kind of volume? Um, and you know, I just explained it's like, okay, mentally, like every day I'm like, okay, where's my next deal going to come from? Like a fiend, right? Obsession. An obsession, right? in a, a literal obsession, where it's like, I'm constantly, if I'm not knocking doors, I'm on my phone, and I'm texting, I'm calling, I'm following up, I'm asking referrals, if I'm in a neighborhood, I go back and check on my clients, I went and saw two of my clients today, not because I took a special trip there to go see them, but because I'm already there, so let me double down on my time while I'm here, and it's amazing how many times I just go back and check in on somebody because I'm in the neighborhood knocking doors, and they're like, oh yeah, my friend, or this or that, or you know, whatever. I had a lady call me the other day, and she goes, Hey, my neighbor across the street was, uh, was asking me about solar. And I'm like, perfect. Um, get her permission and send me her number or put us in a group chat together. And then I, I called her afterwards. So she texts me, I text her that back. And then I called her and she's like, Oh yeah, she already has an appointment with another, you know, solar company. And for my customer that was like, Oh yep, yeah, you know, it's done. It's a dead lead. Well, I freaking drive over to the lady's house. I say, okay, well, which, which, which house is it? Oh, the house right across the street. Her name's Cynthia. Okay, Perfect. I drove over to the house. She's not home, but the son's there. And so I'm like, hey, I just want to come introduce myself, drop off a card. Uh, do you know your neighbor? I'm, I'm her solar guy. She I think she spoke with your mom. Um, so I just wanted to come drop off a card. She mentioned you guys are getting another quote. That's great. Go ahead, do that. And um, made a great impression on him. And then she texted me today. Hey, I'm this person at this address. When can you come give me a quote? Mm-hmm. So I'm freaking hungry right? And, and that can be a challenge too, right? Where it's like, you have your best year ever, I won some competitions last year, it's like, you get put on a pedestal. And it's like, okay, well, I don't have anyone above me doing doing more volume than I'm doing. So it's like, I got to find new levels and new, new things to motivate me to, to like, be the number one. Um, and I think some of that goes back to identity, right? What does it take to go out there and do this? dude, I just have an identity that like, I'm going to crush it. And I'm the best. And when I go home at night or in the morning and wake up and look at myself in the mirror, I want to be proud of the man that I see. And if I feel like, okay, I'm only giving, you know, 50% of my capacity. How, how do you think I communicate? How do I think, how do you think my energy is with, with homeowners? It's not going to be the same as if like, I'm the freaking best. All your neighbors go solar with me. I know I'm the best person in this whole town that you could go solar with and you'd be a fool not to do it with me because mm. I'm going to overpromise. I'm going to follow through in everything I said I'm going to do. And so these are just some little, like I guess mantras I tell myself and uh, a belief set that I have that's helped me develop into the type of person that can do that kind of like sales volume in a year.
0: Mm, mm, mm. A lot there to digest for sure. I love how you brought up identity because over my career, that's the one thing that I feel like I always go back to when people ask me or even ask myself, you know, they say the better quality questions you ask yourself, the better quality answers you're going to get. It's like, how did I get here? How did I get from where I was or who I used to be to who I am now? Because there's probably some information or some wisdom there in order to help me get from where I'm at to where I want to be. And it keeps boiling down to I've shifted my identity. I've increased my identity. I've shifted the standards for my life. I don't tolerate the same things that I used to six, seven, eight years. Therefore, we get out of life what we demand and what we expect, not yep. what you know we want. Yep. For you, what do you feel like those identity shifts were? Obviously, there's probably different experiences and times in your life that you can call, but is there a specific action that you did? Was it a book? Was it an experience? Was it a moment or was it just a decision that, hey, I'm going to stop living my life as this version of myself and moving forward, I'm going to be this version.
1: Man. Good question. So I, I don't think I can narrow down a specific thing. Uh, I remember when I started in door to door, it had been a long time since I was like really excited to do something and like really put a lot of energy into it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think I can tell you a specific thing. Sorry. You had said something that sparked a thought and, and I think I lost it again. Um, it'll come back. It will come back. But I think it's just a culmination, right? Over the years, I'm a very action-oriented person. And I know you can, like, personally develop yourself into obesity. So I feel like I learn and I grow the most when I'm doing things. And a lot of people, when I first started in solar in the first office I was in, they were like, dude, how have you just done this? Like, you're brand new and you're already out producing the people that have been here for, you know, a year, been doing solar for a long time. And I just didn't negotiate with the amount of work that it would take to get the results. So, you know, back to identity, I think once you have a basic understanding of how success works, you can apply it to any area of life, health, marriage, relationships, finances, business, whatever. And so I knew how laws of success work. And I know that I'm not like something special that if I don't apply these simple principles consistently, it's not going to work for me. And so I think studying a lot of that stuff with network marketing and doing my best to apply it, but there's so much that's out of your hands with network marketing um, or there was for me. So I had all these principles and I had this pretty good foundation of how success works. And then I got plugged into this platform called Door to Door Selling Solar. And that just allowed me to flourish. And I think, you know, applying those things and actually seeing success, that's when I started to like really shift identity. I think that that's what helped me attract and keep my wife and helped me become the type of man that the caliber of women that I am with would want to be with. And I think in the past, it's kind of like I was really good in the restaurant industry. And then, you know, I stopped doing that and I started doing purchasing and I'm like, oh crap, this is a whole new thing I have to learn. And, um, I think as I changed industries in the past, I felt like, okay, I'm the low man on the totem pole now. And, the identity would go down because I'm inexperienced or I'm new or I hadn't done this thing before. And I think now with sales and door-to-door, it's broken that because I realized, okay, I've done something very difficult that very few people are willing to do. And I've done it at like the top 1% level. And I feel now that shift, it's like, okay, well, whatever I do after solar, I'm very well positioned because I know that like I've got what it takes to go out there and just crush it at a high level.
0: And I think that's the beautiful thing about our industry is like, yes, we're making a lot of money. Yes, we're creating awesome experiences. You know, we've been on multiple trips this year, last year, five star experiences. But I think the real value of this opportunity and really any platform that is performance based with self-development ingrained into it is the person that you're becoming in the process because yeah. You know, unfortunately, hate to say it, we're not going to be working together forever, right? Solar's not going to be here forever. We're not going to be knocking doors, selling accounts, dealing with all the challenges and hiccups that come with our industry, but whatever we do next, our skill set, our attitude, our confidence, our identity is at such a high level that I believe that we would just dominate any other space, any other industry because of the things that we learned during this experience. Sure. And I feel like the challenge with a lot of people coming into this is they look at it as a very binary opportunity. I'm going to work and make money. And that's really all they're expecting from it versus the right mentality of, hey, I'm going to treat this as some type of university or I'm going to treat this as some type of you know, trade skill or program where once I'm done with it, yes, I'm going to make a lot of money instead of spending money like a university. But the person that I'm going to be on the other side of this, my degree in life and solar and communication and sales is going to allow me to attract such higher caliber opportunities, not just opportunities, but just a higher quality of life.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, as you're talking, I was thinking a little bit, I think the main thing, like the biggest thing, when you go out and work a job where it's full commission and you don't eat unless you kill, you have to become a producer. And I think once, that's probably the most, in my opinion, one of the most valuable uh, identities that someone can develop is just to know that they are a producer.
0: Amen, man. Amen. Daniel, let's, let's talk a little bit about your actual legit routines because you know i think there's people on this you know listening to this going to be watching this and being like oh it's easy for him to say you know he's got x y and z has 178 installs he's just talented he just you know is motivated all the time but i know that's not the case you know i know you just don't wake up every single day super happy and super motivated and I know some days you wake up with a million referrals on your phone, but most of the time, right, just like everyone else, you're rebuilding your pipeline. You're, you, know, you have to sustain that momentum. Yeah. What routines, habits, rituals, legitimate, applicable things that you do in order to sustain that high level of performance and consistency?
1: Yeah, dude. So to preface, you, you kind of hit it. Um, I'm not as consistent as I want to be. I'm not as dialed with my routine as I want to be and i and to an extent i think that's what creates a top performer right is they're always looking to get better and to improve but i'm not even close to perfect and like i have goals written out and i'm just like dang i'm not on track for that like one of my goals for february is work out consistently and do my morning routine consistently 6 days a week and i snoozed from 6:30 to 7 this morning and i didn't do it you know so it's like it's all good you know what i start again tomorrow um but my my ideal routine that i do pretty consistently is I'm up between 6.30 and 7. Another funny thing, when I first started in solar, I was up at 5.30. So every year longer I'm in solar, I wake up about a half hour later. So last year it was 6.30. Now this year it's like 7. So anyways, wake up between 6.30 and 7. Uh, I drink about 16 ounces of water. You haven't drank anything for eight hours or so. You're dehydrated. So getting fluid in the morning is really, really important for me. It also allows me to, you know, flush stuff out. I go to the bathroom. Uh, While I'm doing that, I'm reading. Actually, I write my goals. I have an accountability partner, Eddie. I I take a picture of the goals. I send it to him. It's something I've never done before, but I know that a lot of high-performing people do it. Grant Cardone talks about it. So I write my goals, and then I send it to Eddie. I read for 5 to 10 minutes. I go downstairs. I let the dogs out. Uh, I work out for about 10 minutes, and I take my vitamins. I drink a morning cocktail, not an alcoholic cocktail, just a mixture of a bunch of stuff, mocktail, mocktail, and, uh, take vitamins, drink that make my breakfast. And, and I basically, the key isn't what I do. It's just that I consistently do the same thing every day because I don't really like to have expend a bunch of mental energy or problem solving that early in the morning. When I leave my house, I kind of am not in control of the day. Like I could get in a car accident for all I know, get crazy calls from customers, cancellations, you know, people, whatever, just problems. So I try to make that little bit of my day before I leave the home like an impenetrable shield. I'm putting on podcasts that I listen to as I eat and get ready. And it's usually informational or inspirational type stuff. So then once I'm out, well, I'm already ahead of like 95% of the people that are, you know, starting their day because I've, I've done this thing called invest in myself before I go out there to give. Mm. And I think if you're going to be successful in life, you need to have things to give. Something I love about you, dude, is your energy is very positive. You're always giving positive energy and you're adding value. So anyways, add value to myself so that when I go out there, in the world, in the marketplace, whatever, I have something to give to other people. Um, I'm out of my house, depending on the day, eight would be early, 10 would be late, so I'm out somewhere in there. And then my calendar dictates my schedule. So if I have an install, I go to my install. If I have an appointment, I go to my appointment. If I don't have any of those things, I go knock. I might go knock with you know David or one of my setters. Um, and a little tip for routine is, it is a terrible habit for me, to get in to go home during the day mm. because when I'm at home, that's my happy place. I'm comfortable. It takes me out of the, the the hunt and I hang out with my dogs, I hang out with my wife and it's really difficult to then get myself to go back out and, you know, face this thing called rejection that we get a lot of as a salesperson.
0: Mm. I love that last part because I, Have learned that myself over the last couple of years. I'm obviously not in the field as much as you are nowadays. So it's very easy for me to, you know, be at my home desk in my home office and knock out post sale, which is efficient, you know, and and it's, it's, you know, adding value. But I a hundred percent agree with you. I notice, regardless if I'm working from home, I just feel more dialed and more on being out at the day. The days where I um I leave the house, seven, eight, nine o'clock, gym, you know, errands, doing the things I need to, meetings, correlations, even going to a coffee shop or to a park or wherever that I'm going to, you know, generate some proposals or do some post sale, I notice a different energy throughout the day versus coming back to the space where my relaxation is being invested into. So I think that's a great tip for those that are out there and that have the luxury of having control over your schedule, making sure that when you're out working, you're out working and you're not allowing yourself to get back into your comfort zone by going home, even if it's for a couple hours, because you're losing that momentum of energy throughout the day.
1: For sure. I mean, if you're a person that values your time, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not at home, but I want a little bit of break. Well, I'm only going to sit in my car or a Starbucks long enough. And I'm going to have this conversation with myself. It's like, dude, you need to be working. Like, you got stuff to do. Like you're in a neighborhood, go talk to people, go follow up on referrals, go follow up on leads. So yeah, I think if you're a person that values your time, which we all should, cause it's our one non-renewable resource. If you're at home, that's where you're like casual time at home. If you're out, I think subconsciously you're, you're going to tell yourself like, I need to, I need to be active. I need to be busy. I need to be doing something that, you know, uh, leads to productivity.
0: Totally. Man. I would say if you had a superpower, I could think of a lot of things, you know, Clark Kent Superman is your nickname, but I would say your superpower from the outside looking in is your efficiency level. I think you're the most efficient person that I know. You're maximizing your time. You're maximizing, you know, you're not working 12, 14, 16, 18-hour days like some people think you are and like other entrepreneurs are. But your ability to squeeze as much productivity out of that time, I think, is something that you do extremely well. What advice would you give to people that maybe get stuck too much on the activity side of things versus the productivity side of things.
1: Yeah. I think it's just having an honest conversation with yourself once in a while and kind of checking in. And I mean, to keep it simple, it's like, okay, are the things that I do or the things that I'm doing, do they actually correlate with the goals that I have? And I get caught up with this too, right? I can, I can do things that are productive, you know, stuff around the house or whatever, but they aren't really that important. Right. So, I think some self-awareness is important and I think genuinely a person just needs to value their time. Right. I've seen like posters where it's like, whatever, you know, little blocks and it's like, this is how many Saturdays I have left in my life. And I think Mm. if you can do something visually to see that, like, Hey, your time on this planet's limited. There's one guarantee in life. We're all going to die. And you know, I guess internalize that. It should put some urgency in you. I mean, I worked in the restaurant industry and like, dude, if people are waiting more than 20 minutes to get their meal, they're pissed. And so I think, again, I have a a better foundation than most of like, okay, when it's time to work, it's time to work. Like, let's get stuff done and let's work smart at the same time because I don't like doing the same thing over and over again. That doesn't give me results. And I don't like, like today I knocked with a guy that's pretty much just been a referral base for me, but he's like, Hey, I want to come knock and actually like see the job. And, you know, he meets one of his neighbors and we're in the house and he's, t- he's talking about there for like 15 minutes. And I'm like, all right, John, like, thanks. That was great. You built a bunch of rapport. Um, but internally to me, I'm like, I've got a limited amount of time to have as many conversations with people as I can. Because if I don't do that, I don't hit my goals. I don't make money. My C- or my uh, financial advisor was like, Hey, you average about 300 and whatever dollars per hour. Like, dude, we sat here for 20 minutes. That cost me hundred bucks to talk to this lady. It didn't cost you 100 bucks. Come on, John. You're not worth that much money. I am like, dude, I got to go. I mean, we don't know how long solar is going to be here. I mean, it's great. I'm like the perfect person for this opportunity, right? If solar's got, I'll be very generous, a 10-year lifespan. And then after that, no one makes money in solar anymore. I don't want to look back at 50 going, dude, I should have worked harder. I should have put more in. I should have been smarter, you know, during that time period because the gold rush is over. And now I can't sell anything worth that much money.
0: hmm Two points, I think you hit it right on the head, urgency. If there's one thing that I think separates someone who's good versus great at this job, it's their ability to leverage urgency and realize that there is a finite amount of time, whether it's this industry or anything, because we're running out of time. We're not promised tomorrow. And I'm I'm sure you agree with me here. I'm trying to take my 10, 15, 20, 30 year goals and compress it into one, five, 10 years. And the only way for me to do that. Is to have that level of urgency because i'm demanding more from myself in the marketplace the second thing that I really liked what you talked about is You said that you're worth a certain dollar amount of hour versus someone else that may not be worth that much per hour What do you think separates people from their own belief of the value and the worth that they have in the marketplace?
1: Man, I don't I don't know that I know how to answer that. I think I think as you progress in a career and you get more wins and you've got this undeniable stack of proof that you can get results, you just know you have more to give and so you demand more and people pay you more.
0: Mm, well, you answered that pretty well. Yeah. Does money still motivate you? 100%. How so?
1: I want more of it. Why? It gives you options. It gives me options. I'm not where I want to be. I, I want to be done having to work for money by the time I'm 40, I have about four years and I don't know, 15 days or something, or 30 days. So that motivates me because I know I need a certain amount of lifestyle to live or of money. I need a certain amount of money to live a lifestyle that I want to have. So yes, money motivates me. Money allows you to do things for people. Money allows you to be the person people call when they need help. Um Money allows you to basically have more to give and make a bigger impact. It's a tool. And I realize like, I just don't have enough or or a big enough tool to do the things in life that I really want to do. So yeah, money a hundred percent motivates me. It's not the main thing. That's it's, it's not the top thing, but it is the main thing.
0: Mm. I like that a lot. And I think it's a really important question. People need to answer themselves because I think people have sometimes, uh, a wrong relationship, maybe not wrong is the right word, but, um, the relationship with money unconsciously isn't something that may be super healthy or positive. And I think what happens is people unconsciously they psych themselves out from earning more money. You know, we work in an industry where you can make as much money as you really want based on your own work ethic, your competence, the value that you're adding yet. I mean, me and you know, this firsthand working with people, consistently and seeing how many people come in this industry say they're going to hit all these goals dreams accomplish all these things and the percentage of those people achieving that is very very minimal and i believe part of the reason is is because their financial set point back to that identity back to that you know thermostat of what they believe that they're capable of their relationship with money isn't where it needs to be and what's interesting For you that i'm very curious about is you went from someone making you know less than a six-figure income to 10 12 13 15 xing that in two years and I feel like you just shattered through any type of limiting belief or financial wall that was there where most people It takes them so long for them to get over those financial walls in order to achieve more what do you think it was for you that allowed you to go from a 10, 12, 13 X increase in income um, within a short period of time?
1: Um, I mean, there's probably more to it. But again, I think it's just action. Right. I'm, I'm not afraid to work. And in the beginning, it, it, I, I did set some financial goals. But in the beginning, when I made that you know transition from just setting to closing, I didn't know what my cap was. Right? And I wasn't even making full commission on the deals. I was making half or you know, I was making half. So I wanted to make more money. I believed I was worth more money. And the first couple months, I just didn't even set a, a, a goal for how many deals I was going to do in those months because I genuinely didn't know it. Mm. So I think that can be a challenge for some people. And Maybe it's not so much like a money thing. It's just that they're not willing to put in enough work or the other people that they're around are lower producers. And so they think, okay, because everybody else sells three a month or five a month or 10 a month, and I'm newer, or I'm not as good as, you know, Johnny over here. So I can't, you know, why can I, why do I think I can sell 12? Well, I think that is the key. The answer to your question is, I just believe that I could do as much as I wanted to do. And I didn't know what that is. So I was going to give it my all to figure what was the, what was that for me personally?
0: Mm, well said. Why do you think most people don't maximize the opportunity of sales, solar specifically, in our industry?
1: Um, probably because it's really hard to get told no over and over and over again, and they take it personally. Mm. I think that's that's probably the number one thing, right? We, we make really good money, not because we're great salespeople. We make really good money because so few people are willing to do this job.
0: Totally. I forget the quote, but if you're willing to do what most people aren't willing to do, you're able to receive things like most people aren't really being able to receive. And I remember hearing the quote eight, nine years ago. It's like, if you want to be successful, look at 97% of what most people are doing and do the complete opposite. And I think in our industry and door to door, If you'd go talk to 100 people on the street, hey, would you knock doors even if I guaranteed you $100,000 a year income, $150,000 a year income? Surprisingly, I'd imagine most people would probably say no or they'd maybe say yes, try it for a couple of weeks and then say no. Um, And it's such a crazy thing because it's such an amazing industry with so much upside, so much personal growth, so much character building, yet it has such a negative stigma. Why do you think that is where industries like door to door or network marketing or any type of performance based industry is not more mainstream. If it has so much upside for people that can really plug in and maximize it.
1: Um, I, dude, I, I, I really don't know. You know, I think a lot of times people just have a hard time seeing themselves do a certain thing because they've got a, an, an idea of what it actually is to do the job. And I think that's something I notice when people come shadow on the doors. They're like, oh, like you're just having conversations with people. So I, I think also it's the way a lot of people have been approached about network marketing or direct sales or door to door. And they'd be an approached by a person who's not a giver and they're not truly an entrepreneur. They're a job person, no disrespect, but they just don't have any experience doing something on their own. And now they're trying to get people to do something or follow them. And they haven't really done it yet. Mm. Right. And that, and that was one of the challenges with network marketing is just like, hey, you know, come, come meet my mentors or come meet some people I work with. They're the ones making all the money. And I'm kind of just a conduit to them. And, and, and that can be attractive and it definitely works. But it's a lot easier to get people to follow you and buy your thing or whatever. Like I sell, I sell a crap ton of solar because guess what? I have solar on both my homes. I'm convicted. I've already done it. I know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I would say that people have just been approached with network marketing or direct sales by people who weren't doing it for them. And they didn't have the right mindset and heart set when they were approaching that person. Now that person thinks it's sleazy or you don't really make good money doing it. It's kind of like a low-end thing.
0: Mm, I would agree, man. On that same topic, you've obviously crushed it in personal sales. You were the number one installer in Sunder last year, which is not an easy accomplishment at all. I know you're trying to run it back this year and uh, I believe I know you can make it happen, but we've had multiple conversations of you shifting gears a little bit, still continuing to be a extremely high producer because obviously that's where a big chunk of your income is going to go to. But now you're focusing on the other aspect of the business, which is building, recruiting, selling, training, and really duplicating your success. Why are you starting to lean into that aspect of the job more when you've already been able to make so much money, just focusing on just selling?
1: I think it's because people see it. They see what I've been able to accomplish and they come to me, right? If no one was coming to me and saying, Hey, can you help? Can you teach me? Can I do that? I would just keep doing my own thing, but it's attracting people. And I'm usually a pretty nice person. And so if someone's like, Hey, can you help me? I'll be like, yeah, for sure, I'll help you. You know, Obviously, there's some boundaries there and expectations. Um, so wanting to be able to give an opportunity to somebody else. And I think once your immediate needs are met and you make enough money for you, then you got to kind of look at the bigger picture and be like, dude, so many people can benefit from doing what we do if they have a desire to go out there and improve their, their circumstances. So that's part of it. The other part of it is I know long-term, I gain a lot more um, experience and value by learning how to build and lead. Mm. And that's a very, that's another very transferable skill. You know, once solar is not, not a thing anymore.
0: Yeah. Good old Zig Ziglar, right? What's his, his OG quote. If you help people
1: get what they want, you'll, by default, get what you want.
0: Yeah, and I believe that so much, man. And then, you know, we're really in the business of helping people, you know. A lot of people look at sales as something that is kind of like negative or there's a negative connotation, but ultimately it's like, I'm in the life-changing business. Yes, we sell solar. Yes, we save the planet. Yes, you know, we're helping people save money. But the thing that really fires me up, and we've talked about this before, but why I've been able to continue to do this at a high level for eight years and not just lose my sanity is because of my ability to truly impact someone. And I feel like there's not many opportunities that an unqualified person like myself, who doesn't have a college degree, not really a formal education, doesn't have that much, you know, um, working for him pre-sales can really make that much of an impact in someone's life. You know, I'm not smart enough to be a doctor. You know, I'm not smart enough to be a lawyer and keep people out of jail or, you know, help them out. But one thing that I guess I am smart enough to do is position myself in an industry and learn a skill set and create success and then be willing to share that success with other people and see their own personal growth.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, when you look at just entrepreneurship, it's kind of like what this country is founded on, you know, free enterprise and if we didn't have people that were going out there and risking it and and taking these big, you know, I guess risks to make a product or a service, we wouldn't be where we're at in America right now. So I'm very grateful to live in a country like this, but I also agree. It takes a special kind of person to go out there and put it all on the line and, you know, get people to buy into their vision. Um, So yeah, it's cool that you're able to, we are able to do that in this industry and it really does make a a pretty big impact uh, in, in, in other people's lives.
0: Totally, man. Do you think anyone could be successful at sales or do you think it takes a special kind of individual?
1: I think it takes desire. I think anyone who wants to be successful at sales, they could be.
0: Where do you think that desire comes from? The
1: dream or the nightmare. They're either motivated by their uh, terrible situation and the nightmare is in front of them or they have a compelling vision that they're unwilling to settle for, like not achieving it. I think that's kind of like the two things. And I think they motivate all of us. And some people are a little bit more negatively motivated and some people are a little bit more positively motivated. But I think the reason a lot of people won't take advantage of an opportunity, especially one like this, is they're just comfortable. All their immediate needs are met. There's nothing like, dude, if, if, sorry to be graphic, but if there was a guy with a gun to one of your family members' heads and he said, Steven, you need to bring me a million dollars by tonight, or you're not going to have this family member anymore. You would go figure it out. Totally. And I just don't think that there's uh, enough people that have something that they're really willing to change for. And therefore they won't find great level of success in anything that they do. And that's okay. Right. We need people that are cool working regular jobs. And I'm grateful for those people. But I think the people that really thrive especially in a, an industry like ours is the ones that have a burning desire to go out there and change their circumstances.
0: I agree, man. Napoleon Hill talks about how desire is the cornerstone of all achievement and you hit it nail on the head. You know, I think everyone has the ability to go out there and create success by whatever definition they measure success and go out there and, you know, impact their family, impact their friends, impact their community, you know, really battle and challenge their own potential and what they feel like is capable and possible for their own lives but you're right they're just comfortable and they don't have enough desire they're not happy with their situation right maybe they're not loving their job or making enough money but it's enough to get them through the weekend you know it's enough to still pay their bills and netflix and chill all the time and it's so unfortunate because those are the people that 10, 20, 30, 40 years go by and they look back at their life and they're in not a great position because they never took risks and they never cared about something enough to really give it them all and put their put their life on the line for it. And that's yeah. what it
1: takes. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Alex Womorsi's podcast today or yesterday or something. and He talks about, he went from, you know, DUI and a head-on car crash to, you know, $3 million in revenue the Like within 12 months, he needed some type of, you know, catastrophic event to get things changed. And, you know, I lost my mom to cancer in 2017 and I kind of made a decision. I'm just like, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I'm not able to take care of a loved one the way they deserve it. Mm. And money is the barrier.
0: Mm. It's interesting you bring that up, man. I appreciate you sharing that, being vulnerable, because when I look back at my own life and a lot of my friends' life that are doing well, a lot of that stemmed from some type of tragedy or really bad experience that they went through. And that experience made them go to the other side of the spectrum and almost make a decision that, hey, I am never going to allow this to happen to me again or I'm not going to, you know accept this as my reality anymore and then something shifts whether it's that identity that paradigm You know, whatever you want to call it and then the their trajectory in their life changes forever
1: for sure You know, I think everyone it's part of the human experience. You have these defining moments And that's where I really think character comes in and, and it you, you learn what you're made of is this is this defining moment going to be a stepping stone or a stumbling block and I think circle of people you have around you, your, your, your close group, your association, and the mindset that you have at that time will really determine, you know, what it's going to be for you.
0: hundred percent, man. You've been doing solar for two and a half years. You've basically broken almost every record that, that I know of, but I know there's still a lot more for you to accomplish, um, and for you to achieve yourself. I know you're just scratching the surface out of these last two and a half years. What's some life lessons that you feel like you've gleaned from this Solar experience.
1: First one that comes to mind. um, I was at dinner with uh, basically all the C people in, in Sunder and even a couple from Freedom. And I was pitching our CEO, Max, on why he should basically buy me my dream car. And I had been kind of poking at him for a couple months and kind of explaining, you know, why this is great and why it should make sense for them and whatever. And he just finally said, well, how much is it? And I had no clue, had no clue. So that was a little life lesson Mm. I learned is like, Hey, don't ask for something unless you know what the cost or the price actually is. Mm. So, um, that was, that was probably one of my big aha moments. Um, something else that's been, you know, kind of kicking around in my head recently is a lot of people are looking for ways to improve. You know, let's just stay focused on solar for a second. I got to refine my pitch. I got to get better at this. Uh, I need a better close. And if, if, they just took the energy that they put into trying to study themselves better and just took that capacity and worked. They would learn the lessons they needed to. And so I'm a big proponent of going out there and putting an effort and letting that be your teacher versus just, you know, theory and whatever. Um, because you'll grow so much faster and, and you'll have, you'll be learning from experience versus learning from theory. Mm. So that that's been a lesson that, I, I learn and kind of relearn. It's like, yes, I want to sharpen my skills and learn and grow. And at the same time, like, I can't stop doing the stuff that got me here because having the experience and evaluating, I think John Maxwell talks about it. He's like experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. So um, I, I continue to learn that lesson.
0: Mm, love that, man. Bro, we can sit here and talk all day about leadership, sales, investing, and really just maximizing life because you know, to see you come in and just the shockwave that you've been able to give throughout, you know, our organization, Sunder as a whole has been nothing short of extraordinary. But I think at the end of the day, for me, it just comes down to your ability to get results. And I feel like we could talk for an hour about all the methods and lessons and you know, rituals and formulas and things you should read and things you should do. But until the individual on the other side of the screen or the person listening actually just makes the conscious decision to make it happen and get results, nothing's going to change. So my last question for you, Daniel, before we head out, I know you have an appointment, so we run a little short on time, is for everyone watching solar specifically, whether they're in Sunder or somewhere in the industry, door-to-door direct sales, solar, whatever, what advice would you give them to really have 2023 be their breakout year? You know, it's February 9th right now. Obviously, it's not January anymore, but there's still 10 months to really make something happen and make this a life-changing year. What would you tell those people to really make that breakout year for them?
1: Be incredibly clear about what, you're, what you want and don't negotiate with the work that it takes you to get it.
0: Boom. Daniel, you're a stud, bro the goat. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. Guys till next time, where, uh, where can viewers find you, man? If they want to connect and, and pick your brain.
1: Instagram is a play on my last name. It's Hado badass, HadoBadass,
0: badass. H a D O B A D A S S. Boom. Awesome guys till next time. Appreciate everyone listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.